<laughs> can you do our theme song? ASMR for swishy pants. Nike swishy pants. Can you hear it? I don't know. Probably. Really good creative. I like the direction. That's our new theme song for Per My Last Email. I was showing Hey guys, this is per my last email, Advertising's Emotional Debrief. I'm your host, Isadora. I'm Kaidi. And yeah, this is our second episode in the year 2019. Uh, Kaidi, how have you been? I'm good. First, I think we should address that it has been quite a long time. <laughs> fair enough. That totally we've fair. recorded the the first episode because I think even my friends, especially my friend Ivanka, was like giving me shit. She's like, "When's the next episode?" And I think we've all just gotten kind of caught up in in what we're doing. Um, but hopefully, in 2020, we could keep the momentum going. Um, but it feels like a lot of things are different. I think mainly like in relation to work is that I quit my job um, and I'm and I went freelance and I'm very excited and like very happy about it. I feel like I have a much more healthy relationship with work um, and it's it's been really, really good so far. But how about you? I mean, you've obviously gone through some changes yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, that's a great segue into um, this episode and, you know, in thinking about 2019 and talking about work, I think this really lays kind of the foundation of this particular episode. And, you know, I love this chance to obviously talk to you, talk to Gabby, who's, who's joining us in just a few, um, about, <laughs> about work specifically and changes specifically. Um, I think also just to note, this episode is going to be formatted a little bit differently, differently than our first episode. I mean, I know you guys all got used to uh, the way we did things because we did so many. I'm saying that last and now. But I really wanted to keep this episode really conversational and just keep it really raw. Um, I think that when we talk about work and we talk about changes, I think that sometimes it's often like guarded. And I think, you know, knowing who we are and what we're trying to do, like I'd love just to keep this as like honest and raw as possible, especially um, on the topic of today which is about quitting quitting your job um so yeah um to answer your question Kaidi about my changes um yeah I was at an ad tech startup for like a couple months and I don't know within the three to six month period I knew I just didn't want it and I just I luckily had an opportunity that I couldn't say no to and it was a startup. It was in D2C and it just made, and also I just knew the, the founders and I think that just was a recipe for me to just be like, fuck this, I'm quitting. And the job was fine. It just wasn't for me. And I am been working at this new startup for the last six months. And I honestly, it's been a lot of hard work and also uh, retraining and relearning new skills and or skills I rather had and expanding them, but it's been quite the journey and a really good journey at that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's new with me. How about you, Gabby? Oh, hello. I'm pretty good. I feel like uh, this has been a year of all three of us being incredibly in sync because I too <laughs> quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> 
So change all around. Um, similar to Kaidi, I'm in the freelance game now, which has been super interesting and actually a great learning experience, which we can dig into more. But it's a kind of against my nature, which actually makes it a little bit fun. So you guys never have you guys done freelance before? Well, I have freelanced between jobs, but I was always looking sort of for the next full time gig. But this is my first foray into like truly trying to make freelance more of a longer reality. Um, I was technically freelance like eight months out of this year, but the first seven months were more of like a full-time job. Do I want this? I'm not sure, but it was, it was, it felt like a full-time job. So I consider it one. Um but I'm excited. I, I think out of everyone, especially like people in the creative sort of side of things, like everyone who's a freelancer is happy and everyone that I've met that isn't is sad. So <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, and similarly, I'm also really excited. I think it is actually a great time to be a freelancer, especially as a creative just with mm-hmm. projects changing and the way that agencies are structured is changing. I mean, there's think piece after think piece around, you know, the status of the industry and where agencies are headed and this, that, and the other, and a lot of clients going project-based versus retainer, that I think it's actually a great time to freelance because you can really pick your projects, try different hats on, see the vibe of different agencies, which is always true in freelance, but I think there's just a lot of work for that right now. And I'm totally brand new at this. I mean, aside from doing a little bit of freelance right out of college um, for someone that I had met, I haven't really formally freelanced as like, quote, unquote, an adult. Um, So it's been a good challenge in like figuring out like what's your business model. It's like you're kind of a one person business in a way and like figuring out what your expenses are, which is the boring and lame side. But then the fun side of like talking to people and kind of seeing what everyone's doing and getting an inside peek and also having the freedom to walk away from something is really powerful. Yeah, the freedom to walk away from something is my favorite part. Because <laughs> I think, Gabby, you were saying like, it's against your nature. I think like freelancing is exactly my nature, which is why like, it's great for me because, you know, a week into a job, I'm like, I made a huge mistake. This is like, this <laughs> And that has happened to me multiple times, to be honest. And, like, obviously it gets better or it gets worse. But it really is, like, a freelancer's market. You get paid more. You have the liberty to kind of take projects as you wish. I think the downfall, because I've realized, too, that I fucked up my taxes from, like, (laughs) five years ago. And I had to pay them, like, a month ago. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And the fee for, like it being late was more than how much I actually owed because this was um, because I had, I was freelancing in New York and then I was freelancing in California when I was living in LA and then it just totally like fucked everything up. So just like precaution, but I'm going to like try to get an accountant who like works with freelancers because I think it just gets way too complicated, especially if you're freelancing in like more than one state. Yeah. A lot of my friends that are um, 
freelancing have their own accountants and they seem to share the same accountants because like, oh can like, you send me that because I, yeah, like yeah. I really need it yeah we'll yeah, add it on I'm our one, directory yes. yeah I am more than happy yeah it's just it's funny so like I um freelance and I was a strategist uh like years ago and I also learned the hard way of like fuck they really don't take the taxes out of shit mm-hmm. and um yeah see I mean luckily I I had some foresight a little bit to like put money aside but it still hurt just to see that go Oof. away yeah yeah and like this job now because we were a startup and we were, we were in the early days of fundraising like I I mean technically it was very much freelance but I was it was freelancing full-time and so but I just already know that, like, come tax time, I'm like, this is going to blow. And, like, I mean, now I'm full-time with, like, full-time benefits and stuff. But, like, um, yeah, the first, you know, easily three or four months were freelance. wasn't tax deducted. And I am not looking forward to April um, in general for that reason. Yeah, the quarter, I mean, at least it's quarterly, so it feels like a little bit better rather than like saving until the end of the year and then you're like holy shit this is 30 mm-hmm. percent of everything that I earned or more yeah oh, um, anxiety all this like I'm like oh I need to figure all this out too I'm also trying to figure out health insurance but wait I'm gonna go back to something you said Isadora because that's really interesting that you just joined your startup this year and you already are able to get like full-time benefits. That's really awesome. I feel like that's an interesting journey to kind of go through because taking a leap to a startup can sometimes be really risky, but I know that you guys have been doing really great. Like you should talk more about that and kind of what that, that leap felt like and kind of how the past, I don't know, six months have been that you've been with them. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. And sometimes I think I almost take it for granted a little bit. Um, But yeah, when I joined the startup, we were in the early days of fundraising and, you know, there was always a conversation consistently in top of mind of like, you know, right now it's like essentially temp to freelance to perm, but that was just because of like, we, you know, we just needed funding. Like that was kind of the risk you take and, you know, knowing the founders and knowing the product that we were creating and knowing like my role and what would it be in the next couple of months I think it was just a really big risk to take but also one that I knew that like I think you just had to have a lot of trust in your founders to be like is this going to be a reality for me or is this a lot of like hot air in my face and um what's great is because I did have a previous relationship with my founder it what I knew that it was like a for sure thing um you know granted like obviously I did the work um and so those first four months it was tricky because it was I was on an hourly rate, which in theory was like great. So I was like, I felt like I had a lot of money, <laughs> but at the same time, uh-huh. you also have to realize the constrictions too of like, you know, like it was also, it had to be very clear in my hours, right? Like 40 hours is 40 hours. Like it wasn't like salary or it's like 40 ish hours. It had to be 40 hours because like knowing their budgets and knowing mine, like we just had to be very clear on that time stop. But I mean, you know, when you love something and I think this is the thing I'm starting to learn is like you are willing to make exceptions sometimes and that's where I had to like really find um my my boundaries around and that was really tricky because yeah like you know they said they could pay me x amount and I was like great and I just had to make sure that I was within those lanes but there were times you know sometimes it would be way over that and I had to figure out ways to compensate that right or figure out like how do I I mean obviously it just be within my like hourly um invoice but 
you know, it's, it's hard because it's a personal thing at some point too. It's a big risk you're taking. Right. And so, um, those were things that I had to figure out right away because it was a thing that just like kept happening. And then come, I think like, I guess it was August, maybe September. Um, we had just received a new, or we just went through another round of funding. We had hired someone who was great that could help us figure out the HR element and all that. And like, I mean, and then we had the conversation about compensation and then my role. And one thing that I think people should really understand too, especially if they're thinking about joining a startup is equity and mm-hmm. learning the fundamentals of like, what does it mean to have equity? How much equity? Um, where do you stand in that line of equity? And my founders were extremely honest and transparent about like how they went about it, which I really, really appreciated because at the end of the day, they were also like new to this too. So it was both like, we were both hand in hand and being like, let's figure out equity. Let's figure out your compensation package. Let's figure out the things you need to like be really good at your job um, from, from that side of things. Um, but it, again, I, this was such a one-off scenario because I feel like some, like I've been in startups before where they don't give you that kind of background or that knowledge to explore for yourself. And that was a very unique opportunity for me to understand like what it meant to like have equity in regards to like what we were raising and what it meant to like understand like a cap table, for instance, or understand like how we, how people invested into us. Um, they gave us a, like a more than a peek behind the curtain around those elements. And so when I, you know, did get my package, I had, um, I went through um, at the time, like my ex-boyfriend's mom, who's in finance, and she like went through my package with me. And I was like, does this equity make a lot of sense? And she was like, yeah, like it does given like X, Y, Z. And that was really helpful to know. And I don't know, I guess it's like, it's just one of those things that like equity sounds like such a, such a big word. Like, I don't know what, I didn't know what it meant to have it before. And this time it actually means something to me because I was like, I'm taking a huge bet on this company and they're taking a huge bet on me. So I have to understand this because like, there's, it's also a company that I was like, this is going to hit big and this is going to be really big. So I need to figure out like, what, what, what do I get out of this? Right. Cause I'm helping build this company from the ground up. Like and I'm sacrificing my time, my, you know, all these things. And yeah, I, so once we aligned and like agreed on our, my compensation, compensation package, uh, my equity and all these things, like knowing that I had health uh, insurance again was really nice. <laughs> and like a 401k again, all those things that I was like, shit, I need to figure that out when I was freelancing. Um, it was really nice to hear. And yeah, it was like a very seamless process. And um but I will say my founders did an extraordinary job of being like, hey, here's information you should know. Feel free to use this person or like go to this person to like understand a little bit more. We just want you to have as much information as you possibly can to like make these these decisions because like they also had to learn it too. And I, I think what's nice is too that my founders are young, but they're not like naive and like, you know, wanted to like default to like bullshit around it they're like let's do some real digging and understanding and so that was really nice um that's but yeah full-time yeah yeah full-time is is interesting it's been really um it's it's interesting building a team knowing that you have full-time and contract contractors and so um yeah it's been a wild experience because I think in agency land I feel like we didn't really do that like you had freelancers then you had full-time and that was like it and sometimes you have like perm to like, or freelance to perm, but very rarely I'd say, unless like your, your agency was built on like hiring more freelancers than they are, than they are full-time, which I've had before. 
that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's just been, I, I will say this in 2019, I think the best thing I ever did for myself was like quit and like take a bet. And so far it's been working out. Yeah, clearly. I mean, that's amazing. Equity is mm-hmm. huge. I remember, I mean, to uh, quote Beyonce, uh, she, talks, <laughs> <laughs> she talks about getting equity and like, um, making sure that you have a hand and a stake in the game. And like, that's the whole thing that she did with Netflix and homecoming. And I think that's really important. Um, but we should back up and talk about like how we all quit our jobs, how we knew that it was time to be all piggyback on top of each other or like, how did, how did we get here? How did, how did you know it was time for you to quit? Ooh, so for me, I'd been at the same agency for three years and it was actually a really laborsome decision because I am really, really loyal, which is also why freelance is outside of my nature because I just want to be loyal to people and to clients, even when I shouldn't. Um, But I think at a certain point, I remembered and was reflecting on why I joined the agency that I was at in the first place. And I had some really good and big goals that I wanted to achieve. And when I thought back about those goals, I realized that I had either definitely passed them or had recently kind of achieved them in terms of the growth that I wanted, the type of creative I wanted to make, um, learning management skills and things like that. And I had really, I had been really lucky in, in being able to achieve a lot of that. And I think at a certain point, I realized that I needed just a shift of environment in order to keep growing. Um, that coupled with just like Obviously, kind of sometimes you get tired of the same clients um, after a while and so wanting something new. But I think the biggest driving force for me was this idea that I just wanted to keep growing in new ways. And while I loved the people that I was around and the people that I was with and had some great advice from awesome managers, it was just this realization that if I wanted to keep on my trajectory and I wanted to kind of push myself, that I needed to take a risk. And when I thought back to the moments that I felt the most fulfilled in my career, they were always the moments right after I had taken a risk. And so I quit my job without actually another offer or a freelance gig lined up or anything. And I just knew that that's what I needed for my creative health, for my mental health. Um, I was getting very, very burnt out. And it's honestly one of the best things that I've done this entire year, if not even in, in my career so far. It's, it's interesting that, like, so, Kylie, did you, when you quit your job, did you have anything lined up? Uh, no, I did. Well, no, I didn't. But I started looking for freelance gigs, and I had, like, a week off, and then I started working again. Um, but I think that's when I started to panic a little because I was like oh no like trying to you know budget all my money and I'm like if I don't work for x amount of time then my save like I'm gonna have to take this from my savings um but I think it's like I had I had been meaning maybe to wait a little bit longer to quit like a month or two but I think I came back from vacation and I was just like I can't do this anymore like (laughs) there just there reaches a point in which you're like my mental health is declining because I feel so angry every day. So I knew it was time to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it. Sorry. Go on. Oh, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, for you guys, like, was the stakes, like, it seemed like it was more important to, like, salvage, your, like, to preserve yourself than, like, find the backup plan. Is is that, like, the, is that, um, is that true, I guess? Yeah, I mean, 100% for me, but the truth also is, like, I have money saved because one of the reasons I took this latest job was because it was, like, 
a huge salary bump and I knew that like I would have that cushion to be able to make those decisions if I had to like when I was younger like if I was paycheck to paycheck like no of course I wouldn't quit and just go freelance because I don't have the liberty to um but yeah it's it's been like a decision that for me has definitely been I think like what Gabby was saying like one of the best decisions I've made this year like I had come from my last job meaning to go freelance but then you know I was kind of wowed with the sign like with like a shiny object of like you know you could do this and then like you could go to work from Shanghai and then I kind of fell for it and then you know it just didn't end up panning out and that's kind of when I knew I needed to go but there were a lot of things I think it's like you get kind of suckered into like oh this is a better title this is more money and then you realize like even with that doesn't make you any happier so you kind of have to move on and make decisions that will make you happy I agree with a lot of that and I think for me it also like 100% um, to answer the question in the same in a very similar way I think to clarify my point earlier, I didn't like quit on the spot and hadn't thought about it or anything. I definitely <laughs> had a savings account as well. And kind of just, I always want to have that cushion because I never want to feel beholden to a place. Um, I think as loyal as I am, I also know that there comes a point when you're staying because you feel guilty or you feel like you should versus you feel inspired or you feel like you're bringing mm-hmm. your best self to work every day. And I think at a certain point I was interviewing a bunch and I, nothing was kind of the right fit. And I just realized that if I expected anyone to take a risk on me, then I needed to take a risk on myself first. And so that's what jumping into freelance was. It wasn't like I didn't need a backup plan because I was like, if I believe that I'm good at what I do and if I believe in my talent, I know I'm going to land on my feet and be fine. And similar to Kaidi, like you kind of light a fire under yourself and you're like, all right, let's do this. Let's make it happen. Let's call people. And I've been really, really lucky ever since just to kind of continuously be working since I left. Yeah. Um, I, so it's funny. I, this time around when I quit, I had obviously something like lined up, but I've quit before when I was much younger and with a lot less money (laughs) on the premise of just like self-preservation. I was like working at an agency that like, it was great on paper, but like I was, I was dying. Like I was beyond burnt out. I was I was too junior to be doing the things that I was doing and not to say that I couldn't rise that occasion because I know I did. But at some point it was like either you have to hire another team or like something has to change and something like nothing was giving at that point. And so like I I didn't think I'd ever do this, to be honest. I felt like this was never going to be anything I would I would have done. But I like quit on the spot once mm. and I was just like, nope. Um, it just it was a series of events in a day that just made me realize I was like, fuck this this is not fucking worth it and what validated that moment despite like obviously the fear that would come soon after was that like everyone that had called me right after who found out was like I get it like you were very much pushed to a point where like it made a lot of sense like the fact that you're still even here was like a surprise to everyone and you know it was really scary because I I was so it was so I was so junior at the time and very much living paycheck to paycheck where it was like fuck, I need to figure out something fast, like was very much my gut reaction as soon as I quit. But Mm -hmm. I know I didn't want to stay. You know, like it was one of those things like I didn't want to stay, but I have to figure out something really quickly because I don't have a question. Like I had some savings, but it was definitely not enough to be like comfortable. You know, it was Mm -hmm. like, it was like just enough to like pay rent and like kind of skid through the next couple months, like just 
not even the next couple months, like maybe at the most two months, you know, and it was just one of those things that I was like, I need to figure out something fast. And, you know, it really did like light a fire under my ass to figure something out. But, you know, I'm not going to lie and say like, I found something the next day. It was like weeks before I really like found another freelance opportunity to, um, to like help cushion things over. But like, it was for me at that time, I, I just like, I just couldn't do it anymore. Like I couldn't do it anymore. And I remember calling my dad bawling, being like, I never thought I'd be the person who would just quit on the spot. And he was just like, you know, it's okay. We'll figure it out. And like, my parents are, you know, very middle, middle income and they don't make a ton of money. And I never wanted to ask them for money. But like, my dad was like, you know, we'll help you for like a little bit. And like, it wasn't like by any means thousands of dollars, just a few hundred just to help you get by. And like, I appreciated that. And like, um, yeah, I mean, it was a scary time for me to have ever done that because I just never thought I would. And, you know, it was a lot of figuring it out. And like, luckily I had, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone by any means. I would be like, just fucking quit. And like, you know, I would think I would love, you know, like you guys, I would recommend obviously having some kind of question, but I think there are moments when you're just like, you know, it's enough and like, you just have to figure it out. And I was very fortunate enough that like I had a bit of a support system and a bit of like a mm-hmm. cushion to like get me by just enough time to find something. But like, I've, you know, there are people who get laid off who don't have that opportunity, you know, or just like didn't know that things were going to happen. And so like, it's just, it, I don't know. It's quit. I just feel like sometimes you just have to know when you have to quit. And like this, but this particular time this year, when I quit my last job, I like, I just knew there was just, I had, asked myself the question of like will I be happy in this job in the next already been here for six months do I like it no do I think I'm gonna like the next six and I'm like no I'm like at this age and at this point in my career there are just certain things that I just know like I'm not gonna like like anymore and like why do I want to subject myself to this unhappiness and like also I mean not for nothing it's not like we're fucking saving lives you know yeah (laughs) you're like I'm like what am I actually like hurting my body over I think that's such a good point because everyone has their own breaking point and everyone has their own signals of when it's time to leave or move on to the next, uh, the next thing. And I think a lot of it has to do with like where you, like how you place value on what you do and how you show up in the spaces that you're kind of working in every day. And when you're pushed past your limit and like your mental and emotional and physical health are like at risk, I think obviously that's when you a hundred percent know, but even before getting there, I think we all have signs that our minds and our bodies are telling us. And when you're younger, you don't really like realize that those are the moments you should be listening to. And so I think as, at least for me, as I've gotten older and I'm in these scenarios and I'm going through different work things, I can like count the different like mile markers of like, Oh, that was the first sign. This is the second one. Here's the third. And I can see the next one coming up and I need to figure out what I'm doing before that comes up because that's my, that's my breaking point. Like, or that yeah. me past my breaking point. And so I think it's kind of interesting as, I don't know, as we've all kind of chatted, as we've gone through this uh, period of our lives, like we've all kind of spoken them to each other and they're all a little bit different. And I think that's really interesting about, I don't know, just how we move through the world and how we work and how we explore our creativity sides. Yeah. I mean, even when, like when I was younger and I think when we were younger, you have no context as to what a healthy workplace is like like this is your first job you're like this must be normal and I think too like even for myself I think 
working in like predominantly white spaces with like a lot of men who are higher up who are either like sexist or racist or you know just I think all across the board like fucking idiots um, for lack of a better term I think at least for me I start to normally be like oh every workplace must be like this right like this is just what you have to deal with and I think after going freelance even though it's only been like I think like um, two months or so and I've been at two different places I'm like oh there are other places that aren't like this and there are people out there who like might fit that descriptor of being like older white dudes but actually they could be nice like and it doesn't to be like this so I think that's one thing that I'm like relearning too is that like not every place has to be like this toxic workplace and there is like at least a little bit of hope of like a, a sort of environment that isn't isn't so bad um but I that's think like- I but yeah, I think I got lucky too because one of them it was like through a friend and like this other place that I'm working is like mostly women and and I think that always tends to help. Um, especially if it's younger people, I think people are just maybe a little bit more fluent and like not saying things that are awful. But yeah. I think Your that's head. such a good point because a lot of times when I'm talking with friends or even like when we were talking and kind of going through um our situations because I think Kaidi and I we quit around like the same week <laughs> if not yeah. the same week that's funny um we were both like oh is this gonna actually be any different like I think you you are at a place for so long or you think that all environments are the same and you're like oh if I go to another agency it's same same but different and like why am I gonna leave something that's comfortable ish even if it's terrible only to go someplace that's probably the same. And I think exactly what you're saying is true, Katie, that not everywhere is perfect and not everywhere is going to be awesome. And some places do have very similar issues. Like, you know, there are trends throughout the industry, whether you're on brand side or client side or agency side, whatever that is, um, there are going to be some similarities. But I do think that each place offers something a little bit different. And even if it's just a 10% switch, sometimes that 10% is actually like life-changing. And I think it's worth the risk worth the risk to go and chase after that. Yeah. I mean, there are trends in the industry, I think, obviously, with the work and, and the type of work. But I think for me, a ma- one of the main things that I've realized affects my day to day is the people I'm surrounded by. And as much as like I wish it didn't, because then it would make like finding a job much easier or a job that I wanted. But that to me is so important because there's just so many awful people out there that like you don't want sitting next to you for like eight hours a day 40 hours a week 40 hours (laughs) a fucking week (laughs) yeah yeah I will say yeah now being like on the brand side it is a different kind of responsibility than I had being agency side I'd say but uh because they're so small it's like that question of like is this person not only obviously good at their job but can I actually build a company with them comes up more often than I ever thought because it's like we are spending more hours in a day working with each other than I am with someone else you know and so like that is such an important thing and I don't know the things that like I think I almost fantasized about which just sounds silly to say but the things I fantasized about you know when I was younger about like finding a boss who cares or like you know like being asked the question of being a part of like a bigger conversation or being able to like really own things and manage that or like you know 
quote unquote move the fucking needle. Like those are the things I fantasized about. I didn't really think it actually had impact because of just like, I don't know, whatever reasons for maybe that particular agency or the bureaucracy around agencies. At least in my experience, like I just was like, eh, it felt like kind of like bullshit. But I don't know, this particular company, it's been really awesome to see that actually come into effect. But like, that was because, I mean, at that point, like, because we were so small, we had to really drill down and dig in to see, like, is this the right person for its particular role? Are those things, are we figuring out the things we want in a team? And, like, you know, one thing that's, like, very much come up is that I'm very, I mean, my boss and myself are, we don't want to be an all-white company. Like, that's just not where we want to stand. And it's, like, having to figure that out and figure out, like, our resources, figuring out, like, how do we get you know those people into the room like it it, it's it's awesome that it's not something I have to bring up like yeah it's nice Mm -hmm. that like my white boss is the one who's saying that and it's not like something I have to be intentional about Mm -hmm. and that's really relieving and one thing I would like to say is that like when we were talking about compensation my boss she is a white woman and she um you know she offered me whatever package I was getting she was like you know I also want you to like push back um, you know, counter counter me. She's like, enough, not enough women and women of color do this enough. So if you don't like this number that I'm giving you, push back. That and is so important. Yeah, yeah. I've never had that in any conversation I've ever had. And she was just like, it was like, a, it was a teaching moment, but also just like a reality of like, okay, this is like the type of company you want to run. And I respect the, the hell out of that, you know? The only thing for me to me, I get a little bit of a weird feel. Like, I understand the sentiment of that. But I would be like, so just give me more than if you think I, like, wouldn't, like. But she was giving me a raise. I don't think yeah. it was, like, she was lowballing me. Okay. I would totally get that if it was, like, a lowball number. And yeah. It's, like, pushing me. But I, it was, like, in the middle of my range. So it wasn't, yeah. like, totally off. Mm-hmm. But especially if you're talking. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, it was just, like, it was, like, the middle of my range. So whatever I was asking more was at the very top, which was, like, great. I also think when you're talking equity and packages, like, there's also people have different interests and different mixes. So I think that's an interesting question for her to ask you in that particular moment because you could have been someone who wants more cash flow, in which case you want a bigger salary, uh, like, now, or you want more equity so that you have more money in the long term. And I think those are the different kinds of things that people have to know how to advocate for on them for themselves mm-hmm. which I think like one thing that I'm realizing with all three of us which might be a duh moment is that we all have kind of moved into opportunities and roles in our lives where we have a lot more freedom and also with that like a lot more responsibility over what our roles are I think we're mm-hmm. all at a similar point in our career where we've learned a lot we have so much more to learn obviously but like it's this middle management to becoming like senior like well, we are all senior already, but like kind of that mid-level of like, we're not CEOs, we're not new people, we're not like in this intern phase, like you have a lot of knowledge and you have a lot of uh, resources that you want to start to pull to make your own decisions. And I think we've all kind of done that in some way. Yeah, for sure. And I think part of it, at least for myself too, is like, you're just more confident in what you're doing and you know that you could get work and you know that you could manage your own time and hustle. So I think that itself is like, it's kind of just feels like that thing of like, well, if you don't have work, it's like you could go find it and you have this responsibility that to me, like I thrive after, but not thrive after, <laughs> I thrive with. <laughs> 
sorry it's saturday and I'm, my brain is fried um but yeah, you can edit this part out because you can also hear <laughs> sirens in the back. I'm sorry. It's like really oh, there's noisy no, here. There's no editing ground. It's <laughs> so <laughs> noisy. This is, this is what it is. They're going to get the full on ambulance sound and everything. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I would agree with that sentiment as well. Um, but I also don't want to, I, for me, like, I have a lot of imposter syndrome, so I think it's also, like, a balance of, like, figuring it out, and, like, um, I don't know, it, you know, it's, like, going into these conversations about compensation, and going into these conversations about, like, what do I want, is it, like, the balance of equity, or salary, or all those factors, like, you know, it takes a lot of, like, research, it takes a lot of, like, mm-hmm. like, digging into the things that you want, and I think, like, um, not for nothing, my Saturn returned this year. And so I feel like it's also... What the fuck does that mean? It's like every 20, 27 to 31 years, essentially, like you go through like a new life if you're like into that stuff. And um, I thought that was interesting because mm-hmm. a lot of my friends at this year, like just went through like a big life change. Yeah. And um, we were all just like turned 29. And so um, I thought that was interesting. But is it my I, Saturn return too? It might be. Do you feel like have you had really big crazy life changes? Uh, I wouldn't say it's crazy life changes, but I've had changes. Yeah, maybe it could. I mean, I feel like you would know. You know, like I feel like this change. year has been a year of change. Yes, definitely more so than yeah. like a lot of years before. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it was just. It was one of those moments where I was like, I gotta pull up my big girl pants and figure all this shit out and like figure out what was going to me <laughs> and all this stuff and like know what I'm talking about and like really know what I'm talking about. And yeah. like, I don't know. It was just like a lot of like, not that I was skating by these things, but I think like, I don't know, at some point, like something just changed where I was like, I need to fucking really own this shit and really, um, do all those things but I mean that didn't come naturally for me I think it was a lot of like a lot of a lot of therapy and a lot of Mm. like just acceptance of things and like and also just like I mean I again I'm very fortunate enough to have like the work environment that I have that allowed me to like figure that out or else I think it would have been really tough I mean I feel like I'm better on the better end of negotiating things but at the same time like you know, when I was younger, I didn't know half the shit I know now. So I was like, what the fuck am I pushing for? You know, aside from like more money. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's interesting to be at this age now and time in a time in a company like this, where it's like figuring those things out because it actually matters to me now. True. Cool. Um, going back to the idea, just like the topic around quitting, how did you guys each know to approach that with your managers or with whomever it was that you had to talk with like was that an awkward conversation were you pretty confident I mean transparently for me I always get a little bit nervous even though I'm a very decisive and like direct person I think again because my loyalty is so strong I get a little nervous that I'm letting someone down when really I'm championing myself but I'm curious how you guys approached that conversation of quitting in your former places of employment yeah, I think I have the opposite problem with you, Gabby. Like, I'm not loyal to any place that I work, I think, because I just assume, like, and I think I've said this before, like, they're just going to suck me dry for what I'm worth, so I'm going to get what I can out of it. Like, I don't assume that people are loyal to me. I don't assume that, like, 
they necessarily care about my well-being just because I'm like, these are all businesses. And yeah, maybe like there's people that I work with that like care about my well-being or I'm friends with. Like obviously me and you, Gabby, met through work. Yeah. But I I don't feel really a sense of guilt because I know that I'm making whatever decision is best for me. I do get a little bit nervous because sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want this person to feel bad for like, you know, like I always know that like there might be a sense of guilt, especially if they hired me. Um, But at the same time, like that's not, not my responsibility. And like if they were so concerned about it, they should have created like a better work environment to be quite honest. Um, So I always go in and I, and I try to be as honest as possible. I think like there have been times in which maybe I tell little white lies just because I'm like, there's certain things that like, I don't think this is going to be productive or helpful, even if I do tell them. And I try not to burn any bridges because this industry is very, very small um but yeah I I just try to be straight up about like why I'm leaving and then just leave on like at least a good note because I always know it's time for me to leave when I feel like it's like I'm putting my worst self out there and like you know would I want to work with myself if I was like a coworker? and you can just feel it like it's in your it's like when you're you're not learning you feel like the environment is toxic and like there's nothing left for you there that's when you know you have to leave and I think it's not only people in our industry like I've talked to like a lot of friends who like work in different industries it's it's just like you you know when you know like it's like when you fall in love you know when you know and it's not it's not I think people go through a lot of denial because obviously it's your livelihood. So like you still want to keep paying your rent. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, it's, it's always been pretty intuitive. What about you, Izzy? Um, so I will say this last job, the way that I quit is a little bit differently because, um, you know, whenever I've quit, it's always been because I found another opportunity, right? You could, I always framed up that way. Like, you know, it's a great opportunity. It allows me to do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And those conversations I'm not necessarily nervous about because, like, to Katie's point, like, if they didn't want to ha- that to happen, then actionize these things that I asked for sooner. You know, like, that was kind of, like, pretty much the premise for a lot of those previous rules. But um, this last one, I, I could have framed it up, to be honest, in the same that I found another opportunity. But for some reason, I just, like, didn't go down that path. And I, um, the first person I had to, like, essentially break up with, if you will, um, like, he was just an awesome boss. And, like, I, there was a lot of honesty there. And I just feel like I, if to, it wouldn't, I wasn't, I don't think I would have felt bad if I was, like, I found something else. But I think I just had to be very honest, even, even more cellular than that. And it was just, like, I'm just not happy here. Like, I am not happy here, and I just don't think I'm going to be happy here in the next 6 to 12 months if I really projected that out. Like, you know, I just don't think that, like, I would have been very beneficial to this company and vice versa, and I just think it's just time for me to find something different. Like, and that was a way I framed out throughout everyone that I spoke with, and it was actually pretty received well, which I was kind of surprised by because I thought, like, you know, to say, like, I'm just following my dreams, I guess, like, felt like a just felt like a frou-frou way of explaining things, I guess, sometimes, in my head at least. And it wasn't to them, and that was, like, really cool to see. Um, 
but yeah it was just very much like I'm just not happy here I want to like find something different I want to do something different along the lines that's just a little bit more creative and like brings you back to my roots and I don't know what that looks like yet but I like want to find that and that's just kind of like how I framed it and that to me was a bit different than before because before it was just like I already had this thing lined up so bye (laughs) um yeah and um yeah it was kind of like a peaceful breakup I guess in that sense um not that I've ever had a very tumultuous like um, transition period from an old job to a new job, but that for me felt a little bit more spiritual in the sense that I was just being honest about, I guess I put myself first and I put a job first and that felt different. Yeah, that's really awesome. I'm like, want to steal that and use that <laughs> whenever it's time for me to quit a job in the future. Yeah, it was a, it was a very... Um, I don't know. It was just different. I don't know what came over me, but I think maybe because the first person I talked to was this guy that was just like, you know, had opened up to me about his like reasons for like two certain jobs or like all these things. And I was just like, that's amazing. And um, yeah, it just kind of paved the way, I guess, for those conversations online. I didn't have it with like the CEO, but I don't think he was too, I'm pretty sure he wasn't happy about me leaving, but it's fine. Like I lose no sleep over it. I think those are both really good things to kind of remember, like the combo of what you just said, Izzy, and also Kaidi. Like it is a business. Everyone understands that. And we're also all human. Like everyone yeah. understands when things aren't fulfilling, like they want people to come in happy or they want people to come in productive, if nothing else. Like if a business overall needs productive people and whatever it, that means for you as an individual, like if you're coming in and not being creative or happy or excited or you just are miserable in the environment like that's kind of not good for anyone and even though I know all of that and I and I have had really great conversations with my former bosses and they were going to be supportive of whatever I did I think I just my loyalty factor gets in the way of me feeling uh confident going into those conversations but uh in a similar way I was kind of like you as maybe less articulate though about like we all know that this isn't like right anymore. I really want to take a chance on myself and do something different. Um, but it is, it is tough. I'm let that siren go for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's happening on your side of town? I don't know. It's I'm in Borum Hill, like off Atlantic at Daniels and it's really loud. So there's just a <laughs> lot of sirens. <laughs> I think um, we're good. I think we're in the clear. Okay. Um, I will say something, though, that, like, it was always a big tell that I should go. And, like, I didn't do this with everything. But, like, at some point, like, I like not this job, but a job before, not, um, like, one of my previous jobs. Like, I just remember crying all the fucking time and being so <laughs> unhappy. And, like, I couldn't – I think there was a level of guilt because the people were so good that I was, like, I can't quit. But, like, you know – at some point, you're just like, I, I need to put myself first. But, mm-hmm. like, that was really hard to do when I was 27. And, like, I don't know. It was just, like, even though I knew the things, like, I knew I could rationalize all the things about why I should quit. It, I just, like, I couldn't. Like, there was some weird guilt factor that I could not get rid of. Mm-hmm. And that, like, um, it wasn't, I don't know if it was loyalty as much as it was, like, almost, like, I mean, something I worked through my therapist with was just, like, I just felt like I was disappointing people. Yeah. And I think that, like, took a while for me to, like, get over and, like, understand that it wasn't just, like, a me thing by any means. And, like, that – but that was really tough because, like, the company was – like, I had nothing to really – 
I guess, like, not necessarily complain about, but, like, I didn't, I don't know, just something was off for me, and I just, like, couldn't explain it, and I just didn't, I felt like I was quitting too soon by not doing that, and I was just really sad all the time. I remember just, like, crying all the time, being like, why am I not happy here, and then, you know, that's why I think with this last, with me quitting this last job, I was just very confident and set in that, like, this wasn't for me, because I went through this entire thing where I was like, holy shit, that was fucking miserable, (laughs) and I let myself drag it out longer than I should, so that this time around, it was like, okay, I am done, I am, so it's like a bad relationship, you know, you're just like, I am done, I know what, I see all the red flags, yeah, you see the signs, I need to, like, cut my losses now, and but I am glad that I did have that recent, I don't know if glad is the right word, but like, I'm glad that I went through that at the very least to know that this time around, like when I knew it was time to go, I just knew it was time to go. I mean, I'm wondering, do we just like culturally have this mindset that like quitting is bad, you know, like when you're a kid, like you have to try really hard, like nothing is worth it unless there's pain. There's no fucking like rainbow unless there's sunshine and rain, like all that shit. Where I'm like, why don't people quit more things? Like, if you don't like it, just quit it. And I think for some reason, like, we're just conditioned to be like, we need to stick through it. We need to, like, just keep going. And I think that makes people just sort of stick around for things that they shouldn't. Like, yes, things could be and are hard work, but sometimes they're just, like, traumatizing and excruciating. That is such a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I think it's definitely a society thing. But it's also like, remember that whole fucking conversation with interns of like, you know, fucking pay your dues and all this shit. But yeah, that's the same thing, though. I think like, it's, it's just this like cultural obsession with like productivity. And like, you should have to go through all of these horrible things until you like, get to do something that you don't hate. And this now yeah. makes me think, like, when are paying? When is paying your dues over? When have you paid your dues? I don't know. <laughs> like, when you're dead. That's a whole other podcast episode. Like, when yeah. are you done paying dues? See, I don't know. Whenever my fucking student loans let up. That's, like, how I fucking <laughs> felt at this point in my life. Uh, everything. Yeah, I mean, it just like, quitting, it's just, like... It, it's weird. I will say this, though. It's funny talking to my parents about quitting because, like, it's just so, I think, like, a little bit more natural in our in this industry right to like quit every couple of years based yeah. on whatever reason where like my parents like never quit their jobs <laughs> like I yeah like I can't me and my dad quit once and like that's it though like that one mm. time and like for my parents like so do you have another job like like every year the question is like jokingly of like do you have another job? Because they just like can't keep mm. track. And I know it's like that obviously larger like millennial conversation of us like working like six, seven jobs and like the workforce is different. Yada, yada, yada. Like totally true. But um, it is interesting to have these conversations with my family and my, with my family, just because it's just something they're not used to at all. Yeah. My, my dad has quit many jobs yet. Somehow he makes me feel bad for quitting jobs. <laughs> like he's, he's done so many things in his lifetime. Like I only recently learned like how many fucking restaurants he tried to open. Cause my grandpa owned a restaurant, but he was like a post office man. He was a taxi driver. He like opened one restaurant. He opened a deli. He opened another restaurant. And so it's really funny because recently I was talking to him because me and him and my mom have very different relationships with money because my mom grew up like 
not like her. I mean, my grandpa was a cook. He didn't make much money and made, like forced my mom to be very independent, like pay for health insurance when she was 17, blah, blah, blah. And then my dad like kind of had more of a cushion and grew up with more privilege. So I remember I said to him, I was like, well, you probably have a different relationship with money and are more willing to take risks. And my mom is cheap because you have a cushion. And at like 62 years old, he was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, (laughs) are you fucking kidding me? You're just realizing this now? Like you're just examining your privilege at like 62 years old? Um, But yeah, I think... It's funny because his influence, like, at least that I have is, like, when I was, like, a kid, I was, like, I don't want to work in a cubicle. And now there are no cubicles. It's an open office space with the same idea. Um, And I think that's why I like being a freelancer because I feel like I have more flexibility. I'm not, like, so tied down to going to the same office every single day. But, yeah, I I think sometimes about that, like, how our families sort of shape, like, uh, our ideas about work. Like, what do we keep and what do we lose? It's a good point. I'm, like, reflecting on that right now because my parents are similar to yours, Izzy. And, like, I don't know if they've ever quit a job unless it was, like, my dad getting an amazing opportunity that he couldn't turn down. And, like, that's the only reason he would quit but not because Mm -hmm. of he's very much in the vein of like, well, you got to stick it out. Like that's what you do. And I think Mm -hmm. in his older age, he's like switched that up a little bit just because he's part of a really big company that has had a lot of layoffs and has had ageism cases and things like that. So I think he's seeing the other side of it now, like why people would quit or why you would want to leave because he's feeling that, but he still doesn't act on it. And so when Mm -hmm. I quit and told my family, they were like, very surprised but I think also they had known how much turmoil I had been in and how emotionally drained I was and they didn't understand it but they did support it um and I think that's actually a a, was a strength of how my parents like raised or handled me kind of uh not handled but raised me growing up but just like to make smart decisions but to also take care of yourself and whatever that means so Mm. I don't know I have to give them some props for that I guess that's cool yeah, I wonder a lot about, especially since we do work in in industry that's very ageist. Um, I was reading, I think it was in, in the New York Times or something, but there's a lot of older people who have retired and they go back to freelancing because they need the extra income. And I'm thinking about our generation, how we're going to have like no social fucking security and like, what is the future of work for us? I'm not sure, but it's something that's still in the back of my head, which is why I'm trying to get my finances in order so that I can retire one day. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. I remember Julian Cole saying something along the lines of like, you basically have to like quit when you're 40 or some shit like that. I like, I am totally paraphrasing, probably wrong, but like, I just remember reading that comment and I was just like, cool. Great. <laughs> awesome. Good to know. Um, but I guess, like, you know, I think we've been chatting for a bit. And I want to, like, ask you guys, like, what is, like, that one um, piece of information or, like, one helpful thing you've learned in this entire process that you'd like to share? Hmm. Good question. Hmm. I think for me, oh. I would say... Don't be afraid to be selfish. Uh, That word gets a lot of a bad rap. No one wants to be called selfish. I still don't want to be called selfish. 
But at the same time, like, especially in our industry, whether you're strategy, account, creative, like it doesn't, brand side, it doesn't matter. I think that you're going to be your best when you're taking care of your mind and like what you bring to the table. And, and sometimes that means you have to be selfish. And I'm learning to do that in a way that's healthy and productive for me. Mm. I think for me, it's like, don't put that much focus or worth like in what you do for a living. Like, I think there's so many times, like, I don't think I do that that much, but there's still times in which I can feel myself kind of pulling that way. And I'm like, oh, thinking about work all the time where I was like dreaming about work. And I'm like, holy shit, why the fuck am I dreaming about work? <laughs> so I think it's one of those things where it's like there's more more. And I, I think people say this all the time, and but I think it's in New York kind of hard to act upon. But like work isn't everything. There's so many different facets of your life and like what's on your fucking LinkedIn profile as your bio is not like the end all be all of like who you are or how you should define yourself. What about you? I think think for me, um, knowing your boundaries, I think for personal and professional, because I think sometimes that like those boundaries are often hard to like acknowledge. And I think in a professional sense, I think when I was younger, I had, no sense of boundaries I was like everything's fine contact me all the time and you know it's Mm -hmm. like one of those things that like you you think you know better and then when the time comes it's like shit I didn't stick up for myself I didn't put the I didn't respect my own boundaries and I think as I got older I think being knowing where my you know where is that line in the sand for me has been really helpful for me to navigate like when I should go or when do I want to stay or what am I willing to put up with you know and I think that's for me, it's been really important to like constantly remind myself about, especially each year that I, you know, get into as I continue to like work, it's about like find your boundaries, know your boundaries, respect your boundaries. Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like that is a great way for us to channel everything into the new year <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully yes. find some time to do more of these episodes. Yeah, I know. I know. We will we will do this more. Um well thank you guys. I appreciate you guys doing this. And thank um, you. I can't believe that it's already the end of twenty nineteen. Mm. Twenty twenty. 